Waters, 36 seconds into the overtime. Right. Oh, let's go. Tristan Robbins bangs away at it second time. Slows it behind for Taylor. It's in the net. Blades Uncut. What's happening, Blade City? It is episode five of Blades Uncut. My name, of course, Mitch Bach. And joined this week, not Ty Warwick, although Tyler had some great things to say just about the WHL suspending uh, on to uh, December 4th. We had a great chat with Riley McKay last week in episode four, but the man, Les Lazarick, back on the podcast for this week. Les, thanks for coming on. Nice to be back. You were off on holidays yes, last week, and how was that? Up. It was good. It was. It's nice to get that mental break in the middle of the summertime, especially when it's reasonably nice outside. The wicked wind came up on Friday, which is what I'm using for my excuse for playing <laughs> poor golf in uh, Deer Valley, just outside of Regina. It was nice oh, okay. to see a new golf course, so I was. That was fun. Yeah, weather was nice. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, despite the wind. Yeah, despite yeah. the wind, it was great. It, it was fun. Any other good? golfing out there uh you know what it's interesting uh that's probably the most up and down golf course you'll find in that area mm. uh the regina amateur golfers will tell you the better regina amateur golfers will tell you they wish they could live and play a little more up this way because the challenges of the different types of topography that we get here compared to down there it makes these courses better they think than what they are in regina I i've see. always thought saskatoon okay. was better than regina but that's just me, though. Okay. Well, I mean... <laughs> I mean I'll, I'll kickstart that rivalry yeah. in a big hurry. <laughs> the big city Saskatchewan rivalry, Saskatoon better than Regina? Uh, yeah. Okay. In a heartbeat. Let's get less riled up, how about? <laughs> you know, we've already had a couple of veins pop out of the forehead. Oh, Why yeah. not get a couple oh, of no. more? So, uh, we've got a big episode in yes. store. Anton Kudobin is going to be coming on in a little bit, of course. He's, That's cool. He started game one uh, for the Dallas Stars yes. against Calgary. Um that Calgary Flames team is looking really strong. and uh, They are. You know, by no means am I going to, you know, give Anton a hard time because, uh, you know, no. the nature of the goals, it just seems throw the puck on net, let the puck do whatever it will on the way to the net yep. and see if it'll find the twine. No, and uh, I mean, Calgary's looking good. Dallas, uh, you know, is a team that's played in the seeding round. So here they are. Uh, having won a big game over St. Louis to get the third seed. And now mm-hmm. they've got their hands full with a very good Calgary team, feeling their oats, feeling pretty good about themselves after knocking out Winnipeg in the play-in series and doing a lot of good things. Jeff Ward, I'll give him a lot of credit. I really was surprised when I saw him decide to use Cam Talbot and goal over David Riddick. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be a genius move. Cam mm-hmm. Talbot is very good in that series and looked really good in game one against Dallas. So that's a good goaltending matchup, Talbot against Kadobin, and hopefully... Down, you know, Dallas will get a chance to win a few games for Anton and make it a real interesting series. I think most fans, whether you're a Dallas fan or a Flames fan, will agree that whichever team has the better goaltender in this series is likely to come out on top and move on to the second round. So far, just one game in. Yep. Uh, plus, if you want to include the play-in series against Winnipeg, certainly Cam Talbot has, has showed his stripes and Absolutely. is looking very strong. Um, ben Bishop still in that somewhat unfit-to-play yeah. stage. I'm not entirely sure what the dealio is there, but it's giving Anton Kudobin a chance to shine. And he's also playing very well. Had some very strong numbers in the regular season backing up Ben Bishop. And I think that we're going to see a much stronger Anton Kudobin uh, throughout the rest of the series if he does get time in the crease. I agree. Absolutely. He's definitely capable. No two ways about that. Now, we've got uh, plenty more in store for this episode. We'll recap the trivia question here very shortly. Peter Labardius, you're really good friends with him. Yes. He's going to be coming on, and he'll shine a little bit more light on what has been happening in the National Hockey League as well. Just to get his thoughts, uh, 
I'm looking forward to talking with Peter. I haven't talked with him in a while. Uh, we talk back and forth a lot, either on Twitter, pumping each other's tires a fair amount to, for things. And, I mean, he is a maven. There's no two ways about that. And uh, and just one of the fine, fine people in the in the sport of hockey. He knows his junior hockey like the back of his hand. He's an aficionado in that respect. So I look forward to speaking with him about the NHL playoffs. And, of course, he broadcasts. He's the color commentator on the Calgary Flames radio broadcast. They're not in the bubble in Edmonton doing it for remotely, but they're still, you know, having fun doing that. And that's a different experience. I'm kind of want to get his take on all that. Really interested to see what that is like, how calling a game from a monitor is that much different. I don't know that I'd like to do it, but hey, if I had to do it, I guess I would. (laughs) Have you ever done something similar to that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Not fun. (laughs) Not fun. No. All right. Well, before we get to Pete and before we get to the trivia question, uh, let's recap uh, all of the alumni that are... Uh, in action in the National Hockey League playoffs, four in total. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirby Doc, of course, with the Chicago Blackhawks, had a tremendous play-in series against the Edmonton Oilers, putting up four assists in four games. He was uh, arguably one of the best forwards for the Chicago Blackhawks as well. They didn't look all that tuned in against Vegas in game one. Are you expecting to see a much more charged-up version of Kirby Doc slash Chicago for game two? I hope so. Uh, but my I, my fear was, and making the prediction, I, I think this is going to be a tough series for Chicago to even win a game in. Mm -hmm. Vegas is a very highly motivated team. They've come close to winning a Stanley Cup in their brief time in the the National Hockey League. They win the opening game 4-1, to and I really believe that Chicago, being able to knock off Edmonton in that opening round play-in series, may be emotionally spent. They're going to have a hard time regenerating that emotion no matter who they've got in their roster and who they lean on, like Duncan Keith, like uh, Jonathan Taze, like Patrick Kane. That's going to be tough to overcome a very highly motivated Vegas team. That's right. And I I think in many ways you could look at Chicago's lineup. On paper, they have a lot of experience. But let's not forget that Vegas, even in their inaugural year, they went to the cup final. And a lot of those key pieces are still with them. So Vegas is going to be coming hot-blooded and ready to go. Absolutely. And Kirby has to play his best as well as any other forward on Chicago if they're going to find a way to move on to the second round. Absolutely. Braden Holpe, Washington Capitals. This is the game that might be pushed back a little bit. It's being pushed back it is a little being bit pushed because back a little because, bit. because Boston and Carolina played this morning. This is yeah. Wednesday when we're recording this. Wednesday morning, it was supposed to be played Tuesday night, but because of that five overtime marathon between Incredible. Tampa Bay and Columbus, which was great theater to watch, but it forced the Boston Carolina game to start in the morning on Wednesday. Yeah. That game went to double overtime. <laughs> so now you're putting Washington and the Islanders starting their game on a little further back. And who knows, we may not get to the third game of the day in the Toronto bubble yeah. until tomorrow morning as well. Who knows when these games might all get done. But needless yeah. to say, Washington and the Islanders are starting Wednesday afternoon, and Braden <laughs> Holtby is going to be a big part of what the Washington Capitals hope to do, trying to backstop the Capitals past the Islanders. That's right. He started in all three round-robin games, 1.98 goals against average, a 2.95 save percentage. So this is a Braden Holpe that looks like he's ready to take the Washington Capitals to the cup final and potentially secure another ring like they did a couple of years ago. So it'll be very exciting to see Braden Holpe uh, mm-hmm. in action. There's also another Braden, Braden Shen, set to go as well uh, with the St. Louis Blues. Game one against Vancouver is Wednesday night. 
And obviously, when you're listening to this, the result will be shown. But Braden Shen, uh, his best is also yet to come. He only had two assists in uh, the round-robin saga for the St. Louis Blues. But what are you expecting out of Braden Shen? Well, I'm expecting him to be one of the driving forces in the Blues offense, part of a Blues team that I expect will crank it up to another level because yes. I really don't think that the seeding pool is indicative of what they're capable of doing. They are the defending cup champions. Yes, they have the targets on their back, but they didn't look all that terribly sharp in any of those three games in the seeding series. They lost all three. They end up with the fourth seed. They get the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks are a young, speedy type of team. The Blues are big, strong, and will use the body on you and are very good defensively with Jordan Bennington in goal. It makes for an interesting series of that youth and speed of the Canucks against the veteran, experienced presence of the St. Louis Blues. It's a classic type of matchup, and I really expect St. Louis to really rise to the occasion against the upstart Canucks. Now, I wouldn't be doing my job here, Les, <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't give you a hard time for Calgary no? absolutely shelling Winnipeg. Well, and I know there's a lot of Jets fans who likely listen to this as yeah. well. So, you know what? I'm not going to rub it in too much, but, man, Calgary's looking good. Well, Calgary looked good, and I'll tell you what. Uh, you'll give, uh, whatchamacallit, Matthew Kachuk a yep. lot of credit. It wasn't a dirty hit. He was out of control. He clipped uh, Mark Shifley. Shifley's yeah. hurt. He can't continue. He's out of the series. Patrick Laine goes down. There were a couple of other bit players on defense for the Jets that went down. But when you lose Laine and Shifley, which is so much of your offense, it more than overcomes the fact that Calgary was without Travis Hamanick, who opted out of yeah. playing in the playoffs. So that Calgary loss was overshadowed, I believe, by the Shifley and Laine setbacks injury-wise right. for Winnipeg. And with that... Calgary then also, I mean, I give Jeff Ward a lot of credit again. I'll go back to him using Cam Tablet and goal ahead of David Riddick. And he had a game plan that really worked against the rest of the Jets team and really stifled them. Their team defense was outstanding. And as a result, the Flames are full measure. I, I will hand it to them. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to whine and bitch and moan and complain about my team not winning. I could do that. I won't. I'll give Calgary all the credit in the world. You can. And Winnipeg, I mean, I'm not going to stop no. you if you do. And Winnipeg will just go ahead and has to recharge for next year. Do you like the future of Winnipeg, what, yeah. what that looks like? Yeah, I do. I, I think that there's some some things that have to be changed up. Uh, they have to get some better defensemen to help out. And I think they have to make sure they have a number two centerman because I think Brian Little's shelf life is pretty much, he's, he's, he's gone yeah. past his best before date. Let's put it that way. Right. Did you watch Game 4 against Calgary? No. Yeah. <laughs> no? No. I didn't. I haven't watched a lot of it, actually. Uh, I've watched what I can. I've watched a lot of highlights. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I haven't gotten a real feel for what exactly that series was like. My only feeling was is that it, from what I'm able to gather, the Flames were just the better team, a half stride, at least if not a full stride, better than the Jets were throughout all four games. Well, we'll definitely get Peter Labardius' yes. take on how Calgary is doing here momentarily. But first, let's recap last week's trivia question. It was a tough one. Tyler Warwick came up with this one, and it was tied in with our guest last week, number 39, Riley McKay, of course, uh, freshly graduated. But the question was, who was the highest scoring player to ever wear number 39 for the Blades? Now, there were a number of really good Number 39s for the Blades. And a guy that comes uh, to mind is current assistant coach, of course, Ryan Keller. Uh, he had 237 career points uh, as a Blade as well. So Keller is up there, but Kells is not number one. The answer? Frank Bannum. And actually, I'm, I'm, I might take umbrage with this particular one. Hmm. Just because umbrage. 
Frank Bannum wore three different numbers in his time with the Blades. He wasn't always wow. 39. We're learning. He wore 17, he wore three, he wore 39. So okay. I'm thinking to myself, in his season, I mean, his season wearing number 39 was pretty spectacular, scoring 83 goals. Mm -hmm. But did he have more points as a number 39 than Ryan Keller did? It might stuff. be worth. It might be worth going back. I mean, we we might we've got have the, to fact check this. We might have to fact check that. But for the time being, we do have a winner. We do have a winner, and we only had one response as well. So <laughs> we're not going to go back on this winner. It was Mandy Curvers who actually was so sure of the answer she submitted Frank Bantam twice into okay. the form. Uh, now we will have another trivia question coming up later on, and we will do our best to make sure that it is 100% accurate and <laughs> there's no controversy whatsoever. Uh -huh. uh, but ways to do so, of course, head on to SaskatoonBlades.com. Find the Blades Uncut podcast. Find that uh, by going over to the Interact tab. Uh, scroll down, fill out the form. Uh, and yeah, and uh, wait for uh, the uh, next trivia question. Uh, the winner, of course, Mandy, you will receive a Blade swag pack. Rebecca, um, who's of course in charge of the Frozen Pond store, we were uh, piecing, that, uh, piecing these swag packs uh, together earlier today. So Good. Uh, yeah, those will be sent out here really soon. Mandy, congratulations, yes. and thank you for playing along. And stay tuned for our next uh, trivia question. It, it has a tie-in with Anton Kudobin, so we'll, we'll get to that here soon. But for now, uh, you're good buddy. Yes. Pete Labardius, let's get him on the phone. Really happy to have somebody involved that's going to be able to tell us a little bit about what it's like calling games in the National Hockey League playoffs this time around. The first ever NHL games in the month of August. Peter Labardius, of course, based out of Calgary with the Flames uh, Radio Network and, uh, of course, a proud Saskatonian. A lot of people don't mm -hmm. realize that, but... Peter, you oh, are absolutely. you are a proud Saskatonian, and tell us I all sure about am. that first and foremost. Well, Les, I am incredibly proud of being from Saskatoon in the province of Saskatchewan, um, you know, born and bred, and, you know, spent the first 18 years of my life where really my love affair for hockey began with attending Saskatoon Blades games. And um, I'm a giant sports fan, um, and, and the Blades really played an incredibly massive role and my love of my hometown team mm -hmm. in so many things that I've accomplished. So, yeah, it, uh, I've, I've lived for a long time. I lived way more of my life in Saskatoon or Saskatchewan than other places, and now because I'm getting old, um, <laughs> it's kind of more of a split. But um, Les has heard me say this, Mitch. I, I believe in a few things, and, and one thing I believe in a lot is never forget about where you came from mm -hmm. and, and the people along the way in your journey. And I'm incredibly proud of of being from Saskatoon and, and maybe more importantly, just the great foundation pieces and friends and, and everything that I had growing up, including one of the people that recently passed in Spirolikas, mm -hmm. um, who did so much for baseball and, and a great sportsman who is one of the two or three people in terms of men on my Mount Rushmore. So Saskatoon has meant the world to me, and while I don't get back as often as I once did, um, 
that place in my heart is is beyond strong. Well, there's a, a similar respect that is reciprocated, Lou, but let's shift gears now to the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, you are front and center without directly being inside the bubble on <laughs> Calgary yeah. and Dallas. From, from a broadcaster's perspective, you're trying to call a game by watching it on a monitor. What is, what is that like? Well, I, I'm not going to say that uh, I'm in a love affair with it <laughs> okay. because for anyone who knows me, uh, there would be nothing better than if you took me to Roger's place right now, Rich, or Mitch, pardon yeah. me, put me in a room, feed me a couple of times a day, and just leave <laughs> me in there until October. I mean, uh, there's nothing in my – if I love Saskatoon and, and I love the Blades and all junior hockey, I love live sports. Yeah. So um, – this is very different. I've done a number of games prior in my career in different sports off a monitor, so it's not completely foreign. But listen, the bottom line is what COVID-19 has done is it's challenged all of us to do different and think different and still understand the privilege that you have in being able to do what you love to do for a living. So is it ideal? No, but guess what? In our world today, I don't look around very many places and see how it's ideal. So like everybody else, I have to change, and I'm still getting paid to call hockey. It's just in a different way. (laughs) Peter Labardius is with us on the Blades Uncut podcast. He is... Without question, in my mind, and I will challenge anybody who says differently on this, but he is a sports aficionado, a hockey maven, and specifically, really well-versed, extremely well-versed in junior hockey. And while he may say he's old, he will never catch up to me in age. <laughs> Having said no, that... You know, Les, Les there's, a lot, there's a lot of things I'm not going to catch up to Les Lazarus in, and that's likability, uh, what a great person he has been, what a great friend he has been over the years. Um, but you're right, pal. I can't catch you in the age department. You're I can't. Darn, darn tootin' on that. Okay, let's talk about the Flames. You knocked off my Jets in four games in the opening round, and I'm going to give Jeff Ward all kinds of credit here because he was starting without Travis Hamannick on his blue line, and he made the decision to go with Cam Talbot and goal over David Riddick, which surprised the you-know-what out of me. And Cam Talbot, everything that Jeff Ward has done so far with the Flames and the execution from his team, it's turned, you know, he's like Midas. It's all turned to gold. It it has less and and... You know, outside of just hockey decisions, you've been involved in the game your whole life. And there is nothing more difficult to change than culture. And I truly believe the way Jeff, with all his experience, the fact that he's won, he's been in all kinds of different situations. He was a teacher first before he was a coach. I think that he has arrived at a buy-in level from this group that has been, frankly, without disrespect, hard for this group to get to. 
They have not shown buy-in. And I talked earlier in this segment about to get different, you have to do different. But you have to believe in a reason as to why it's different. And I truly believe that Jeff, through all his experience, the kind of person that he is, and how he has communicated, not that he's communicated any different, what I keep learning less at 55 or nearly 55 is, (laughs) you can talk a great game, you can have great knowledge, but it's about reaching the people that matter. And... So, yeah, he has pushed all the right buttons, but the same thing, even from afar, that I would say that Mitch Love, at least in part, has brought to the Saskatoon Blades. Yep. And that is a different standard. And and when you can start to change that in places where winning in the playoffs has not come easy, I think that's the first step. I think it's the hardest step, but I also think it's the most important step. Peter, how much of the other series have you had a chance to to watch? Um, do you, do you think this this Calgary Flames team is is playing arguably some of the best hockey that we've seen across all seven other series that are in play? Well, it's, it, Mitch, it's a great question, honestly. Um, and I have watched a lot of the other games and a lot of the other teams. Um, I'd, I'd answer it this way. I think the Calgary Flames have shown great growth. I have more confidence in their ability to be a good playoff team right now than I have in the 10 or 11 years I've been around. Mm-hmm. Will it be enough? Because when I look around the league, and let's just focus on the Western Conference, uh, I think the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights I think those are going to be really, really difficult outs. But for Calgary, again, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that they are one of the teams that's still alive because they're learning what it takes. And, And as we've seen, and I think you guys would both agree, in life, talent usually gets a pass. So we look at teams and, you know, certain teams, and I don't have to get in deep into this part, but if, if a team really has some really talented players, you know, sometimes they get a pass. But this is a team sport, and I know it's the biggest cliche, but what's your identity, what's your standard, and are your individuals playing to the top of their game with the agenda being about the team and not about their own personal goals and needs. That's how I think you win in everything in yeah. life. Yeah. And so Calgary, I, I've, I've seen great growth, but I still think a couple of the benchmarks are Vegas and Colorado. The great thing about sports is unless you guys have crystal balls <laughs> or, or no Kraskin, and if you do, can you give them my number? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Excellent, Lou. Well, I want to thank you so much for jumping on. Your expertise is certainly more than welcome for other episodes. I think we're going to have to have Lou on a little bit more, don't as you, As long as he is able to 
give us some time like this uh, occasionally in the future. I'd love to have this because catching up with Peter Labardius is one of the great joys for me in my sporting and broadcasting life. And I don't say that very, uh, very easily <laughs> with a lot of people, let no. me tell you. But, well, with this per but with this person, absolutely. Les, it's, it's beyond reciprocal. Yep. And I'll leave, I'll leave you guys with this. After 36 years in this crazy racket, and it's getting crazier <laughs> by the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's, here's what I enjoy the most. And I give it more value than big games or playoffs. Whenever I can spend time chatting and visiting with people that I respect, and think highly of, I'm more in today than I've ever been, and Les Lazaric, I got time for less from now till the time I leave the planet. So you can count me in on this program. Amen. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. That is wonderful, and it's right back at you, reciprocated as well. All right, that's the great Peter Labardius, and I don't throw that around casually. Peter Labardius is one of the great human beings, one of my great friends, and it's great to have him on, and hopefully he'll be able to do this a few more times, and especially if the Calgary Flames are able to go deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs as they're giving indication very early on that they might. So Mitch Bach, uh, Peter Labardius, the Calgary Flames, color commentator on their radio network, they lead the uh, Dallas Stars as of this recording, one game to none in the best of seven Western yeah. Conference quarterfinal series, and uh, now the team that they are leading, the Dallas Stars, Let's now move over to the other side, so to speak. That's right. In the blue paint, our next guest, Les, who do you got? All right. With us on the telephone, here's a guy, Mitch Bach, that <laughs> yeah. it goes back a few years for me. I mean, I've been doing the Blades games on radio for many years, but here's a fellow that had one season only with the Saskatoon Blades, but it was memorable. April 8th, 2006, this fella made 80 saves Ooh. in three overtime game against the Medicine Hat Tigers. I wish I could say that the Blades won that game, oh. but it was late in the third overtime period where Brendan Bosch scored and the Medicine Hat Tigers won game two of the series 4-3 over the Saskatoon Blades. Gotcha. But Anton played, Anton Kadobin played just the one season with the Blades in 2005-2006. He played 44 games, a 2.89 goals against average, which was outstanding back in those days when there was a little bit more scoring going on. His save percentage was Un ungodly at that particular time at 91.7%. But not just a great goaltender. This is a character. This is a guy who always seemed to be smiling and always seemed to be joking with his teammates. Anton, welcome to Blades Uncut Podcast. How are you doing in Edmonton, Alberta? Thank you so much. Uh, <clears throat> doing good. You know, uh, we, we we were surprised uh, the way the everything organized here and uh, and a lot of people asking us how to play without fans and stuff like that. But uh, to me, it's like, I don't feel like we're playing. Uh, uh, it's, mm -hmm. Of course, you, you you understand that there is no your fans. You can't play at home and stuff like that. But still, like, NHL did have a job to kind of feel that it's, it's a real game. And uh, we are happy that uh, all the... All the fans and all the people that cheering for us I and mean, cheering for, for hockey in general can can watch hockey right now because uh, I bet they they missed it pretty much and we missed it pretty much too. So uh, it was good and uh, everything organized great and uh, we just uh, tried to do our best. 
Yeah, I, I guess that's a big question that I think a lot of fans would have is obviously there's no fans in attendance. How noticeable is it while you're playing a game, Anton? Well, it's a little bit. Of course, it's, uh, it's quieter, you know. Like mm-hmm. uh, You can hear the voices from the team, uh, teammates, uh, even from the bench. You can hear the voices from the uh, opposite team and stuff like that. So, But at the same time, you kind of like don't really think about it because you have to play hockey, right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, uh, you just uh, focus on whatever guys are focusing on next shift and focusing on next shot and stuff like that. So it is it is a little bit different. I mean, like, not a little bit different. It's totally different. But uh, what we can do? We just have to do our jobs. What is living inside the bubble like, Anton? And this is a fairly... This question can go anywhere. But, you know, just overall, uh, the bubble... Is, is such a talking point. What is life like inside the bubble? Well, of course, it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, sometimes it gets boring just because uh, even like today we have a day off and you kind of like, you're sitting in your room or you're sitting in lounge or you, I don't know, playing PlayStation, playing ping pong, uh, watch some hockey on TV or whatever. <laughs> and uh, You can go outside. We have a great outside patio. You can go there and chill there, but uh, it's everyday same routine, so it kind of sometimes gets boring, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, you don't think too much about it. You're just doing whatever you want, you know, like you either going to your room, laying down, watching movie or uh, watching hockey or going to lounge, playing PlayStation or ping pong. Um, but other than that, uh, sometimes, you know, like when you have a practice, like we're talking to each other and we're like, oh, we have a practice today. It's great to kill some some hours. Yeah, today. kill some time. <laughs> Your game yesterday, Anton, was done before the first game that started in the day. Were you able to watch the rest of that five overtime game at all <clears throat> yesterday between yes, uh, yes. between Tampa Bay and Columbus? Yes, uh, we watched right in the dressing room, right in the gym after our game. And uh, uh, But the fifth overtime, I watched already at the hotel. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, guys was uh, talking to me and saying, like, oh, listen, uh, Carpisal made already 80 saves. I'm like, well, listen, I made 80 saves as well back in the day. <laughs> That's and right. They're, like, they're looking at me like, wait, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I, when I played in junior, uh, second <laughs> second playoff game, and I... Uh, I had 84 shots in uh, in three overtimes. Yeah, yeah. So on, uh, we lost in overtime. It was kind of not really happy moment, but at the same time, yes, I I I've been through that. And they're like asking me, like, so how did you feel? I'm like, whenever I sit on the bus, I didn't have my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Anton, give me an idea what it's like now. I mean, safety protocols are in place. How many times have you been tested for COVID nineteen, and how are you, you got to be sick of that right about now, aren't you? But it's it's a necessary thing that has to be done, right? It's it's every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever we uh, we flew here on twenty six, and since twenty six, today is uh, twelve. Yeah. Uh, we've done it every single day. It's either day off, either you have day off, and you might not leave your room or whatever. But you have to do it every single day. Are you getting sick and tired of the the number of tests? I think to a certain extent it's understandable oh, what the just, NHL is doing. You know, like if you if you if you're gonna think about it every single day that you have to do the test, you have to 
you have to measure your temperature as well every mm-hmm. single day, and you have to show the path that uh, if it's green, that you you can you can go anywhere. If you don't have green, then uh, you have you have to check up uh, with the doctors and stuff like that. It's if you're gonna think about it and you're gonna like being angry about it, uh, you're just gonna waste your uh, time and, and energy because yeah. you will still have to do it. So you just get used to it much and. Uh, Whatever, whenever they setting the time, today is like at 2.30 to have a test, and uh, yesterday was before the game, so we just, you know, like, it's a regular, a regular basis uh, routine for the day. Mm-hmm. They just saying for time, and you just got to do it. That's it. Anton, take me through game one against Calgary. It seems like the Flames are playing with a lot of energy right now, and uh, certainly, you know, Dallas is as well, but... What are some of the things that you need to work on in preparation for Game 2 and the rest of the series? We just have to play from the first minute, you know, like uh, maybe we were, we were a little bit sleepy in the first period or whatever, but I think we played really well uh, next uh, 40 minutes. But at the same time, it's playoff, and you have to be ready and you have to be prepared for it uh, right away. So uh, they were a little bit maybe had more energy or whatever mm-hmm. in the first period and uh but at the same time uh we played really well in the next forty minutes. So we have to be ready for the first minute from the first whistle and just uh play our hockey. You yourself have had to be ready. Ben Bishop has not been available and as a result you're now the guy between the pipes carrying the load for the Dallas Stars. And I know that's something you like. You, this is what athletes do. They want to be the guy in, in, the, in, the, in the saddle that has to be the guy they rely on. And you're looking forward to that, I'm sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, I know myself, uh, whenever I play more games, whenever I play more games, I feel much better. So that's, that's, that's bottom line. And I like that. And uh, and playoff hockey is uh, much different hockey than uh, uh, regular season. It's faster, it's interesting, it's, uh, and it's uh, do or die. Mm-hmm. Well, all things considered, you've been having a tremendous season, Anton. Um, how well, in the entirety of your NHL career, how well do you think you're seeing the puck this season as compared to previous years? Uh, this year, the... Well, maybe stats, it was a little bit different, right? But at the same time, like, I uh, felt great this season, and uh, uh, I really enjoyed the organization and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, like, my season was good. Uh, like I always think, you know, like, if if it, would, it wouldn't be COVID-19, because uh, this thing just changed the world pretty much right mm-hmm. now, it's so much different and everything. So uh, maybe I would play a little bit more games. Uh, but at the same time, it is what it is, and uh, season went good. Uh, we finished uh, we finished regulation season in March, and uh, we start playing hockey. Uh, we start playing playoffs in August. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so. I know it's unlike anything we've ever experienced before. Yeah, well, we never experienced that <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. it's been like blackout year, like when we played like only forty two games. And stuff like that. Forty-eight games, I think we played thirteen. But at the same time, uh, it's it's a little bit different life, and uh, it's totally different life right now when the uh, world has been changed. 
Anton Kadobin joins us on Blades Uncut podcast. This is the fifth one that we're doing. And, of course, Anton with the Dallas Stars playing in the NHL playoffs with the uh, uh, Stars against the Calgary Flames, a former Saskatoon Blade. And, Anton, your memories of your time in Saskatoon, your one season with the Blades, what kind of memories do you have? I uh, I have great memories. And uh, the, the Saskatoon is the first place when I, when I uh, tried steak. Because my dealers, they always were feeding me with the steak for lunch. <laughs> uh, I, what was that experience talk, like? Uh, talking to them, yeah, I still talking to them. I still uh, in touch with them. I saw them last year when they were in Calgary. That's great. Uh, the father of the family, he he visited me. I saw all the, the all the daughters. Uh, they visited me last year here in Edmonton. They drove from Saskatoon to here, and uh, all the three daughters was here. Uh, with uh, with their uh, husbands, so we're, I'm still in touch with them. The memories about Saskatoon uh, was uh, was really like you know like it was unique memories because it was first time uh, I went to Canada. I mean like wasn't first time I'm in Canada, but I right. came to play for the, the Canadian team, right, yes. uh, for junior team, and uh, it was uh, I didn't speak English at all. First couple practices. Uh, I was bringing my uh, pilot's mother to, to explain me everything what's going on, and uh, I had a really good time. I remember the first road trip. Uh, we went to, I think we went to Brandon. Yes, the first game was in Brandon, and uh, <laughs> uh, I just brought with me a, a PlayStation Portable, uh, and oh, everybody yeah. was like, I didn't know it was going to be eight-hour bus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everybody brought uh, blankets and pillows and some kind of like uh, mattresses uh, so they can sleep like and uh, they can lay down. I didn't have anything. Like, <laughs> you had your PlayStation. What are you guys doing? Like, why <laughs> yeah. do we have this? And well, you got to figure it out soon. <laughs> and whenever we had that uh, American uh, American division uh, road trip, I brought uh, a lot of things with me, even more than them guys was expected. And. Uh, but at the same time, everything was good. I really appreciate uh, what uh, what God Lord Mountain for me. Uh, he was patient. Uh, he was uh, he was uh, on top of me too. Like uh, what I need to do to get used to this style of hockey, to speak English. Uh, the guys was unbelievable, helping me understanding everything. You know, like a life, how the schedule goes. Uh, they they were patient with me. Like if I try to say something and I I was totally wrong, they were try to understand me, try to help me how to say right and everything. So mm-hmm. it was it's still really warm uh, memories. Uh, I still have them, and uh, uh, even you know like when I talk to the guys uh, who played uh, in dub, um, we're like talked about Saskatoon and like. They asked me if I uh, still talking to my bios and stuff like that. So right, yeah, we had it's really warm, warm memories, and I still sometimes we still have uh, chats about it. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you're still in touch with some players from back then. Which players? Blake Como. Okay. In Kelowna, yeah. uh, I talked to Milan Lucic. Uh, he played in Vancouver. Uh, who did they play also? Uh, I thought for some reason I talked to Blake a lot of it, uh, a lot of uh, about uh, Dub, how did we 
played and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, who else uh, did they talk? Well, some of the some of the guys played after me and end up. Some yeah. of the players played before me. So, but most of the time we talk about like cities and uh, how to travel and uh, where to go. Because right now we're sitting actually in the dressing room that the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings has. Mm-hmm. And the Oil Kings, they became the WH team right after I left. So when I look at it, the, they have a standings and stuff like that. They have like sheets of standings, stuff like that. And uh, when you look at it, and uh, it's kind of like nostalgia, I would say. Mm-hmm. Anton, give me a funny story from your time with the Blades. Funny story. <laughs> One time... When I didn't speak English at all, I mean, like I, I already tried to say something, and um, at the practice, I don't remember his name. We had a big defense one, the left-handed. Uh, I don't remember his name. Evan Haw. He played the manager. Evan Haw. Yes. Yeah. Trust yes. Les Lazarus to pull that name. Like he- yeah, I came, I came to him, and I'm like, uh, where was you yesterday? Which doesn't make sense, right? You have to say, where were you yesterday? Right. And and he's like, what? I'm like, where are you was yesterday? <laughs> still didn't understand. I'm like, he's stupid or what's going on? Like, I'm saying, right, like, was it uh, past time? Where it's where, you know, like, where are you and stuff like that. So he didn't understand me. I'm like, okay, whatever, forget about it, right? Mm-hmm. So I still like didn't get the answer. So I came home uh, and I started talk to, uh, talking to Anna, it's uh, mother of the family. Uh, I'm like Anna, like why this defenseman didn't send me? She started laughing about it. She's like, you know, like uh, there, like that's why we have to work with you uh, <laughs> at like whatever, like after the practice or whatever, like. We have to learn more and more and more because sometimes, like you pretty much said it right, but it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she she laughed about it, and uh, next day, like I actually, <laughs> actually make fun of him. I'm like, you <laughs> man, you like you don't understand English. I understand. <laughs> that's, the there you go. that's what you have to do. That's yeah. right. So that's that, <laughs> that's uh, a funny story about it, and uh, another one I can tell. It was. Uh, Warren always was like after he explains uh, any any drill or any exercise like at the practice, mm-hmm. always like any questioners, and like I I didn't know like what he's saying right like at the start and then I ask of course I I ask my my bill family and like uh, what what does that mean he's like and they explain me like do you have any questions about the drills I'm like okay and uh, after he explains the drill. He might, he might remember that, or maybe not. Because <laughs> I was really quiet, right? Like, because I couldn't say anything. That's like, right. Just maybe like months or whatever. And after, like, I understand what it means, he explains the drill, and I didn't even let him say that. I said, that, any question, like, any question, nurse, guys? <laughs> Everybody starts laughing. <laughs> Uh, you can ask Lauren. I don't know if he remember or not. I'm sure Lauren sure would have some would, great, like, and, great stories. And, and uh, after that time, I think that I kind of like relaxed a little bit and I started mm-hmm. uh, speaking more because uh, like sometimes I was kind of shy about it because guys will 
people don't understand me and stuff like that. And after that, I kind of was a little more relaxed and I tried to talk. And Tevin uh, Seta Gucci, which, uh, oh, yeah. which we played against each other, right? Yeah. Uh, he helped me a lot too. He's like, Anton, you need to talk to more and more and more. If you have some questions, just came to me and ask. I will explain you or I correct you and stuff like that. So, so everything was good. I've got one funny story, Anton. You may remember this. But the one time the bus had to stop at the uh, gas station in Grasswood, south of Saskatoon, we were going to Regina. You had your watch or your clock on international time, and it didn't make the time change. Or it made the time change, mm -hmm. and Saskatoon stayed the same. And you, were not, uh, you, you weren't at the rink. We had to pick you up because you were playing that night in Regina. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? Uh, I think I do remember that. <laughs> and you have to pick me up from the gas station. Oh, correct. <laughs> I drove there. That's right. my car. Yep. Because I called my, my, uh, my father and my beloved father. I'm um, like, David, I'm late right now and I have to go like uh, somewhere at the gas station and stuff like that. He's like, which gas station? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I will, I, will, uh, I will let you know where to go. Because like at that time, I didn't have navigation in my car, right? Yep. And uh, I think nobody does it at that time. Nope. <laughs> and um, and uh, yes, I do remember that. And I uh, came, I came at the car. I dropped off my car there. Uh, we went to Regina. I, I think I played pretty well. You did. There. You did. Uh, Lauren was laughing. <laughs> he was he was totally fine about it, but uh, he was laughing. Guys were laughing. <laughs> and uh, on the way back, they dropped me off there and I drove home at night at night from that gas station. Yeah, I do remember that. That's hilarious, Anton. I, another question that I've got, and we talked about it a little bit already, but that three overtime playoff game against Medicine Hat, and you you'd mentioned it as well. But what was it like? You, you know. I know that you have, you've already kind of mentioned, you know, just how grueling it was, but what is it like to be a part of a game like that? Well, it was a great experience. That was yeah. my first experience to, uh, to play that long. And, uh, uh, you know, like... Is it, is it, it physically... Was, it was really great. It was, uh, yeah. you know, like, it was just for experience, you know, like, yes, you get tired after the game. And I bet if you win that game, you feel much more better but at the same time uh it's just uh, you know like it's great experience and you know how to prepare for hockey and you especially in playoffs you know you you kind of expecting that you might play long for like one two three overtimes and uh and i remember on the bus when i sit at the bus i'm like i just didn't help my legs like yeah. literally like i was totally moving fine and stuff like that but as soon as they sit on the uh, sit on the bus yeah I'm like, where's my legs? I just literally couldn't move them. Mm. <laughs> All right, Anton, we've got a couple of fans submitted questions as well that I'd like to run past you. Not going to throw you any curveballs or anything like that. Um, but Fenner29 mm. on Instagram is wondering what has been the hardest thing that you've had to overcome with hockey? The hardest thing? Mm-hmm. Being always backup. Yeah. The mental, kind of like the mental grind of that. Well, it's just because, you know, like, you, like I know I can play more and more and more, but at the same time, like, I have to kind of suck it up and uh, deal with uh, with the role that they gave me. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much uh, pretty much it. And plus, you know, like, it, it's hard when, you, when you're when sitting at the bench and uh, 
you don't know like if you're gonna go or you don't go or uh, if you didn't play for a long time like let's say like five six straight games and then you have to go and play like back to back it's it's not really easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've done enough this season in Dallas to earn a shot at being a starting a starting goaltender for next season somewhere? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I really do. And uh, we'll see. Like, uh, I don't have contract for next year. And we'll... I see. Uh, I, I really hope on that. But we'll see. I'm not really looking to that far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whatever has happened, that has happened. So uh, I'm just going to wait for it. Game two and is I'm tomorrow. Right now on, on, on <laughs> yeah. hockey with, uh, with Dallas Stars. Yeah, exactly. yeah, focus on what's to come in the immediate yep. future. Game that you know two of. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Ward Hildebrand, uh, this one coming in on Facebook, um, has this question. Would you take the WHL route again uh, if uh, as a way to get into the NHL, or would you take the European route to get into the NHL? I wouldn't change anything. No, hey. I wouldn't change anything. Uh, no, I wouldn't change anything. And plus, you know, like I really, uh, I could stay in a, in the dub for next year, but uh, I had to go because there was a kind of rules, you know, like they loaned me, so I had to go back to Russia to play there. So that's why, you know, like I just had to do it. And uh, whatever I went through, like ECHL, AHL, yeah, and then. Um, Right now, NHL, even like four years ago or five years ago with NHL, like I've been through some hard situations, but I wouldn't change anything. Another question here, Anton. Would they go, would they, would they go, would they, would they go second time this road? No. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do it because it's not really easy, but right. I've been through already, so, and past is the past. Yep. Yeah. Another question here, Anton. Uh, Cutter's Hockey Corner is asking, who is your favorite hockey player growing up? He's gaining the bulk of Martin Bodor. Yeah. Great choice. Good choices. Do you idolize your game at all on, on Marty Brodeur? I know uh, his, his play style in today's day and age might be a little no. uncharacteristic, no. but... No, I don't. I don't copy anybody. I play my style, and uh, uh, I think whenever you start copying somebody... Uh, it's not yourself, and you just uh, uh, you have too much things in your head, so you can't stop the box. It's worked well for you, Anton, over the years. Thank you so much for the yeah, time. It's, it's been outstanding to catch up with you uh, and to share some memories. And we wish you and the Dallas Stars all the best in your series against Calgary. Thank you. Go get them tomorrow. Thank you so much. Thank you. And the last uh, one more fun story. Okay, oh, yes, good. let's hear yes. it. Let's, I love let's fun do stories. it, yeah. So we had to go to schools, right? Like, uh, even if you're, like, or would come, like, late after the road trip, like, from, like, whatever, Regina or uh, Prince Albert or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I was going to the school the first uh, half year. So when every, every time, like, we would come, like, at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, they cab driver would pick me up at 7 o'clock in the morning to go to school. I'm like, like, why do I need school right now? Like, I have to prepare for practice. And, like, I slept only, like, three hours. Like, I'm going to school. I wouldn't sleep any hours. And I have to go uh, at the practice and be ready for 100%. Mm -hmm. So one time I went there. uh, Second time I went there at that time. Third time he picked me up. My father, uh, my dealer's father, 
uh, came downstairs and like, Anton, wake up. Uh, there is a cab driver. I'm like, David, I'm not going anywhere. He's like, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Like, it's enough. Like, I want to sleep and get ready for practice instead of going to school, sit there on the couch and learning elephants and giraffes and then uh, and, and going for school. I, no chance I'm going to go there. <laughs> so coaches, coaches figured, of course, that I didn't go to school and I came to practice. They were kind of laughing and they were saying to me, like, you have to go. I'm like, Lord, no, I'm not going to the school. If we're coming from the road trip at 3 o'clock in the morning, there is no way I'm yeah. going at 7 o'clock in the morning in the school. I will learn somewhere English, but not there. there and not go. at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yep. They kind of laughed about it. And uh, I think after that, I, maybe I went maybe two or three times and never went back. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, how you uh, would just call the shots like that, Anton, and it's worked very well. You're obviously a very bona fide goaltender for the Dallas Stars uh, again, thank you so much for the time, Anton, and all the best uh, in your yeah. opening round against Calgary. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Take care, Anton. Thank you. Okay, all right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Such a character Anton is. Oh, yeah. So great to have him on. He started opening oh. up a little bit, and you got to wish him all the best against Calgary. It's going to be tough. Oh, yes. This Flames team is full of energy, like Lou yep. was saying uh, yep. earlier in the episode. Yep. Uh, but just great to hear from Anton, and it sounds like oh. he's doing really well. Lots of memories there. He, uh, <laughs> some of the stories. The fact that he wanted to jump in and tell his own story funny at the end <laughs> it was hilarious. It's great. Absolutely great. <laughs> he had a lot of things to say. But yes. let's move on now to this week's trivia question. Okay. All right. This one, of course, is tied in with Kudom, and it's kind of becoming the theme with these trivia questions. Mm-hmm. Just tie them in with whoever uh, whoever we have on the show as well. But Kudobin, uh, if you didn't know, and I'm I'm fairly certain that you probably do know this I do. answer. Yeah, Kudobin <laughs> played in the World Juniors twice for Russia, and he won two medals. The question is, what medals did he win? Mm-hmm. All right, now these were World Juniors in the mid-2000s Correct. as well, and as a little bit of a hint, both medals came against a team. Yes. The same team. Yes. Okay, the same country, if you want to go that far That's with right. it. That's right, yep. But yeah. So a little bit of research, a little bit of investigating to find out which World Juniors Kudoman represented Russia in, and uh, the answer isn't necessarily easy. No, it certainly isn't. No, we didn't talk to Anton about this. No, we didn't. Maybe for the best. Uh, yes. <laughs> There's <laughs> another hint. You see, I just give hints all the time. You are. You're the, you're the hint master. I know. <laughs> That's what I do. Anyways, but if you know the answer, if you find the answer out, head to saskatoonblades.com. Click on the interactive tab, scroll down, you'll find Blades Uncut Podcast, and then you will find the form where you could submit your answer, and you could win some pretty cool swag. Good. All right? Yes, absolutely. All right, moving on. Yes. I I talked about it a little bit last week on the podcast. Spotify playlists are also out right now. Okay. Uh, Just releasing Charlie Wright's Summer Hits playlist. Ah. So if you have a Spotify account, feel free. Find the Saskatoon Blades Spotify account, and you'll find Charlie Wright's playlist. Cool. Not exactly the kind of music that I'm into, but I know that there are probably a lot of people out there who are sure. uh, more than willing to listen to some of Charlie Wright's hits. And that's our fifth Summer Hits playlist cool. assembled by our players. So some other uh, fantastic content. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just great to have these podcast episodes rolling along as they are because these wouldn't be possible without our listeners. And so far, we've been generating a very good reach, a lot of downloads on these episodes. Nice. It's fueling us as well because uh, we're trying our best to try to get some really good guests on board it wasn't easy to lock down anton as as uh, great of a guy as he is and uh, as welcoming as he was to come on 
kind of tough to track down someone who is living inside of the NHL bubble. Yes. And I'm putting myself into the same challenging task for next week. Oh, okay. okay. Next week's guest next is? Next week's guest, well, we're going to see, but uh, okay. his brother might currently play on the Saskatoon Blades. Ah, <laughs> right. that's kind of a giveaway. Yes. Wouldn't that be something to get him on the show? Well, maybe. Wow. I mean, that, he's that, that would be a of the pod- town right now. That would be a podcast to catch, let that's me tell right. you that. That's right. All right, so uh, we want to thank our uh, technical producer here for this one, Jason Pankowicz involved this week. Thank you, Jason, for being able to keep us on the rails and get us going here. And uh, yeah, the podcast is also available on the cjwwradio.com website, as well as all the other places where you would normally find your podcast listening materials. We also upload onto SoundCloud. And of course, all of this can be accessed through the Saskatoon Blades website. And like Les had just mentioned, cjwwradio.com. And I think this does it for episode five. It does. And we'll look forward to episode six next week. It could be a good one. We'll see where we're at in those NHL playoffs at that time. That's right. Plenty of stuff to talk about. And until then, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Absolutely.